Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. I'm Kira Rumble. I'm the owner and founder of Crumbled Foods, Beauty Bites and Habitual Beauty and this is my lady startup story. Lady Startup is a movement that helps women launch and grow their own businesses, big or small, well-established or brand new. If it was founded or co-founded by a woman, it's a lady startup. And this is Lady Startup Stories, a podcast where female entrepreneurs answer nosy questions from me, Mia Friedman, about the fist-pumping moments when you're winning and the deep troughs of pain when things go wrong. It's the biggest moment of your career, a pitch meeting with Sephora, This could be make or break for your budding business. But on the day of the pitch, you wake up to discover, well, I don't want to give too much away. But Kira Rumble had to very unexpectedly navigate the most difficult day of her personal life and her business life at the same time. Kira is the founder and CEO of Crumbled Foods, an Aussie wellness and beauty brand that produce a range of snack bars called Beauty Bites. They're delicious, and they're designed to help support glowing skin, healthy hair, stronger nails, and gut health. They're available in Coles and also in Priceline. She also has another brand called Habitual Beauty, which is a sustainable, clean beauty brand that's launching in October. She has a lot going on at work, and alongside all the successes and setbacks with her businesses, Kira has had a hell of a time in her personal life. In this interview, Kira and I chat about how she's managed business growth with massive personal challenges, how she got her products into Coles and Priceline, what goes on at a Sephora boot camp, and how on earth she held it together during that most important pitch meeting of her life. Kira, tell me about the day that you were going to pitch for Sephora. Start at the beginning of that day. So last year... January, I uh, I had known I was pregnant and I... Had, had you been trying for a while? No. It was a bit of a, oh, okay, this has happened. You know, it happened over Christmas, so, you know, I was busy, wasn't really front of mind. Found out, completely in love with the fact that I'm going to become a mum. Had some pain, so I'd been up to hospital and I got that a call. That morning you'd been no, up No, I'd been up to hospital twice in January and I'd been getting all my BHCG levels tested. Your hormones. Yeah, and then I got a call from the nurse saying, look, we've just seen that your levels are dropping. And I was literally in the bathroom prepping to go into pitch to a Sephora team member. And what were you pitching for? For the Accelerator program, which is, you know, something that I'm luckily doing now, but uh, it was to help, you know, pilot the brand and push it into hopefully an international space. I was wearing all white and my heart rate just went completely up. I could have easily have looked like I was on crack. (laughs) I was in the meeting, really dry mouth, 
extremely nervous. And then on top of this, I was thinking, oh my gosh, am I going to be miscarrying right now? I don't think I cried until I got home. I'm very good at putting on a brave face. So how was the pitch itself? What did you have to do? I absolutely bombed it. I can't even remember. I just walk out going, I absolutely, I don't know if I can swear on this, fucked that. (laughs) So you had to go in and sell the concept of Beauty Bites and yourself. It was for a brand that I'd been working on called Habitual Beauty, which is launching soon. They sort of turned around and said, look, we absolutely love you. We love what you're doing, but we think you need to launch Beauty Bites and then come back to us with Habitual Beauty. So you're working on two Two. at once. Yeah. Why is that? Just because that's me. (laughs) (laughs) I have about six different businesses that I want to launch, but I've just learnt baby steps. So, yeah, in hindsight it was probably a good thing that happened because I could put all my focus into Beauty Bites and I pushed Habitual Beauty off until, you know, now. It's a really common thing, that idea of I want to start lots of businesses. I've got lots of ideas. I'm constantly being told by people I work with, no, you can't, mm-hmm. including my husband who's my co-founder and the CEO of Mamma Mia and all the people I work with because when you're an entrepreneur, you've often got lots of ideas. So many ideas. Do you think it's good advice to just pick one and focus on it? I think it's the most logical advice. From a financial point of view, it's a smart thing to do. Mm. And if I had gone and tried to start two businesses at the same time, I wouldn't have been able to get them off, off the ground. So what's been the, the moment, if you've had one, during Beauty Bites where you've gone, oh, okay, I'm here, I've done it, this is real? When we launched into Coles, yeah. We launched into Priceline to start with, which was incredible. That's a massive deal. Can you explain to me the process of securing such a big distributor like that? I literally would fly down to Melbourne, make a 15-minute appointment. So I was fortunate because I had a connection with Priceline through my social media and I reached out to the PR girl and I'm like, I want to sit down with you and talk to you about something. And she's like, okay, cool, I've got 15 minutes here. And so I flew down to Melbourne and this was before I was making any money flew down had a 15 minute chat and she's like I love it come back to me with more so flew did back Beauty home. Bites already exist as a product then nope it was still just in your head very uh basic I had found my food tech and I'd found you know the formulation what's a food tech uh, a food technologist, so a food scientist who helps me formulate everything. So, ah, oh, I've seen that process um, play out with people who want to launch beauty products. Yep. So you go and find someone and you say, I want to do this kind of lipstick. Yep. So it's the same with food. Yeah. So there's a few ways that you can do it. And I guess the first way that I did it, I had a protein ball business and I went down the path of getting a food tech company, paid a fortune. It took forever finally created a product, but it wasn't commercial enough to scale up. So we went and found a manufacturer. When you say it wasn't commercial enough to scale up, it would have been too expensive. Like the ingredients that you wanted to put in it, you couldn't sell it. Like it would have been what a, like a $14 protein ball or something. Totally. Yeah. So the margins were completely off and, you know, we had gone and spent a year doing this process. And then we found a manufacturer who in hindsight, what he was trying to do is create a new product for us and own the IP. And he goes, oh, it's not, you know, commercially viable. It's going to be too expensive. You're going to be making one cent per ball, you know, hypothetically. Mm. And so he goes, 
I'll go and create a product for you. I'm, I specialize in this and you'll buy it for me at a final price. And I was like, oh, you know, I've been talking about this whole business for so long. I was at the time still hand rolling to cafes. And hand work. rolling balls and distributing them to cafes yep. yourself, what, like in your car and yep. driving around? Yep. Hide out a commercial kitchen. Would you go in and cold pitch to the cafes? All the time. Hated it. <gasps> That's my worst Absolutely hated it. I am a bit of an introvert, so me going, I'm very comfortable once I know people, but me going and trying to sell something, even though I've got, you know, a shit hot product. It's really confronting selling yourself too, isn't it? It's like, hey, I'm amazing. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) And so that was a whole process and we'll, you know, I was scaling up quite considerably. And so I really needed to commercialize the product. So I wasn't actually manually hand rolling and delivering everything. Mm. So that's why we went to go scale up. And so, you know, that went well. We launched that business, The Crumbles, and it just wasn't sitting right. You know, I had a lot of doubt in myself. I thought that I needed somebody to teach me how to do all of these, you know, these sales and help me do it. So I paid, you know, an agency to help me, you know, get into all of these new retailers. And it just, there was a series of errors And I decided that I needed to just pull it. Tell me what some of those errors were because I totally relate. There's a sense that's really common among women is that we're not qualified to do this. I don't know. Everyone else must know how to do it. Everyone else must be qualified except me. Yep. When you're talking about margins, wholesale rates and, you know, landed cost, and I had absolutely no clue. I was like, if I don't have any idea, I might look like an idiot. So I need to get a professional in. Especially in a startup business, you need to be so conscious about your cash flow. Yeah. And so I thought this was a smart business decision and it was the worst decision I ever did. But there was a series of errors. You know, we went to the best trademark attorney in Sydney and spent an absolute bomb. How much did you spend on trademarking? Probably 40K all up. I don't want to even think about it. What would you have done differently again? Nothing. Because I've learnt what not to do in a business and I think yeah. that that's the whole success of what we're seeing with costs money bites. and time though, doesn't it, to make oh. those mistakes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a time because, you know, my boyfriend's been with me for a long time and he's like, do you just want to give up and maybe just keep on going with the Instagram thing? And I was like, I can't. There's something still firing in me. So you were using your job as an influencer yep. to fund everything. Your career as an entrepreneur. Everything. Yep. I haven't spent a cent in any of my businesses for years. I think before my surgery, I went and spent $200 at Cotton On and I was like, oh, this is nice. I'm actually treating myself. But I'm fortunate that I get a lot of things given to me, which I'm grateful for. But yeah, it's literally funded everything. And it's still, you know, we're putting a lot of money back into the business. I've just gone and bought equipment from Italy and had to see ship it over expensive so you know I'm leaning on that other business but yeah so that's pretty common isn't it that you need a job to support your side hustle which you hope will grow yeah so big that one day you don't need that other job totally yeah yeah but yeah so we pulled the the protein ball business I found a new food tech I paid for my IP to be developed with my guidelines and then It's about finding the right manufacturer because it was, you know, I spent 18 months in R&D, which is research and development, trying to formulate something that was new. How do you find a manufacturer? Is there a website? Google. Google. Yeah, but how do you know if they're any good? You don't. 
Mm. And that's the problem. And a lot of people talk about how do you know if you can trust the people that you're working with? Do you get them to sign an NDA? Yeah. yeah. So a big thing. Non-disclosure agreement. Non-disclosure agreement. So we went to a lawyer and I said, I need every single document that you would recommend for me having a small business, but I want it, I want you to treat me like a big business. Mm. And so we got a confidentiality agreement or an NDA. So that pretty much protects everything that you're sharing. But there are some dodgy people out there and you really need to be careful. So keep everything in writing, keep your text messages, keep journal notes, you know, every single time you meet them, write what happened and that will protect you. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. How old are you? 29. I had to think about that. Yeah. It's funny as you get older. I'm nearly 30. You're nearly 30. <laughs> I don't mean this to come across the wrong way, but you're so beautiful and you look young. Have you found it hard for people to not be dismissive of you when you're talking to, I imagine they're much older men in all of these kind of manufacturing and law and all of those things. How have you handled that? I think I have learnt to use it to my advantage because I lead with my brain. Once I sit down in a room full of people, they actually start listening to me rather than, you know, just observing I imagine it can be quite useful to be underestimated and I imagine you're underestimated a lot. Yep. I mean, I work hard and I studied my ass off at school. I like learning. I mean, in this Sephora boot camp that I've just done, which we can talk about. What's that been like? Oh, intense. What happens at Sephora boot camp? It sounds like a dream. Intense. We had a retail strategy meeting that went for three hours and out of everything, that was my favourite because it was crunching numbers, knowing what margins you need to succeed and what your return rate is. And I was just learning, absorbing. How long does the boot camp go for and do you get free makeup? (laughs) (laughs) So the boot camp was, I was meant to be in San Fran. Wow. So it's globally Sephora. It's not even a local program. Yeah. yeah. So the accelerator program, you get selected globally, internationally. So I think there's 20 females because it's female focused. And is it free? Like it's a scholarship situation or you have to also pay for it? No, no, no. So it's part of the accelerator program. So I went through all of the interviews and everything. And the whole thought process behind it is trying to find businesses that want to create change. So for us with Habitual Beauty, we really want to create a sustainable, clean brand that is traceable and that also gives back. And so it's about nurturing these people and teaching them how to do it. So, yeah, I was meant to be in San Fran, but everything going on, Mm. we had to do it virtually, which was different, but it was pretty cool. When's the launch likely to happen for Habitual Beauty or don't you know? October. I've got a lot to do before then. (laughs) How's everything changed with COVID? Look, I'm very fortunate to have a food product. We were meant to launch into Coles pretty much when COVID hit. So Beauty Bites is the food product. Yeah. And how many, they're called SKUs? SKUs, yep. So individual products, right? How many of those do you have? We have four. So we've got white choc raspberry, lemon coconut, apple cinnamon and choc cherry. 
we've got about four new ones that will be coming out soon. So lemon coconut's my favorite. Is it? Although I also like the apple cinnamon, that's yeah. also good. Yeah, they're all just bloody delicious. Yeah, and but that it took so long. I went through so many different prototypes to get to where we were. And is this. there pressure to do more, like expand your SKUs when you're yeah. dealing with these big distributors? Yeah. Do they like you to have lots? Well, the way that I think about it is, I want to have brand presence, and launching with three would have given us enough brand presence on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Launching with two, we had to because I didn't want to lose the ranging, but we lack that brand presence because we've got a skinny box. So that was a shame. If you make a food product, is it possible to be successful if you're not in Coles and Woolies or at least one of them? Yeah, absolutely. You can still? Yep. So for me, launching into a supermarket was more for my own desires to actually make the product accessible because the biggest thing for me in the food industry is that there's a lot of products out there that are identical just with good marketing and for big price tags and for me what we've got is so unique it's got these five ingredients that no one else has which you know proven anti-aging gut health ingredients but it's also a snack and I could have easily have gone and put a price tag to compete with everyone else. But I sort of thought I need this to get into as many mouths as possible because it's a good product, mm. doesn't have high sugar, and I wanted to reach the mass. So, How do you compete as an independent brand with the Uncle Tobys and all the hard. big brands and even the big lady startups like, you know, Carmen's Muesli and how do you and do Bubs that? And obviously Bubs isn't a competitor. Yeah. but. It's hard. It's so hard. And one of the big things that comes with a retailer like Coles is you've got to contribute to marketing. Do you? How does that work? Well, you know, you've got to do catalogs and things like that. And so obviously that's all worth and the return is great. But as a small business, where are you going to find that money? How so are you going to do So the people who are it? in the catalogs, most people don't understand how you this works. You pay for that. You pay to be in a catalog. Yep. I won't tell you how Coles much, pays but it's to produce lot. the catalog. Yep. When you got into Priceline and then when you got into Coles, do you just go and stand in the aisles yep. <laughs> like a stalker? Yep, and watch people pick them up and then put them in their shopping trolley and then I'm like, oh, do I approach them? What do I do? <laughs> do you want to just hug them and say thank you? Yep, yep. <laughs> Probably not the best idea to be doing that though. Particularly so. right now. Yep, but imagine no. that if you just pulled a snack off the That's shelf fine. and then some stranger ran up to you and went, thank you so much. <laughs> It's really hard because you're constantly, every morning I will go into the portal to see what my sales are. Mm. And, you know, I'm analyzing that so much just to make sure that, you know, are we down? Are we up? How are we going? What can we be doing to increase the sales? Do we need to put more promos on? It's a full-time job, you know, people's jobs, account managers, but obviously it's me at the moment. Like every woman running her own business, you have a whole other life that's not your business, that is not separate but intertwines with it. You've had a hell of a time since you started your business, trying to start a family, you've lost pregnancies, you've just had surgery. How are you doing? I'm really tired. So I had surgery four weeks ago, I think. What was that for? So the miscarriage that I had back in January last year at the Sephora interview, 
I had a miscarriage, but I also had an ectopic pregnancy, which oh, is what that's you call, life-threatening, isn't it? Yeah, it's called a heterotopic pregnancy, where you have a baby in you know a viable place, but then also a baby in a non-viable place. It's in a dual tube, pregnancy in, your in the tube. tubes. Oh wow! So I was going up and back to hospital, saying there's something not right, and they were going, "Go home." You know, this is emotional. We understand a miscarriage is hard. So you miscarried one at a time and it was twins. Yeah, so the ectopic Mm. was misdiagnosed for a month and it finally got to the point where I went up to hospital and I said, I've got sharp left-hand side pain, I've got shoulder tip pain, I've Googled this, I have an ectopic pregnancy, I need to get scanned. And they're like, there's no way. Oh, my God. And I'm like, okay, well, can I go get a scan? And they're like, we'll write you a script to go get scanned, but you've got to pay for it because we don't believe it. If Mm. I had ignored my gut, Literally. Literally, I could have easily have died because my partner was going away to Bali for a bucks. I could have just been sitting at home going, doctor said this is normal. I'm just going to go to bed, take some endo and go to bed. I could have died. After I had all this chronic pain, it started getting worse and worse and worse. And then I had surgery because it was in class as an emergency. And he found endometriosis, which was a huge shock to me. It was everywhere. It was in my bowels, you know, bladder, pelvic wall, everywhere. It's not like uh, when it's your business that you can go, I'm just going to take a few weeks off. Totally. So how's that rolling? Well, I was bringing my laptop to emergency to do emails. (laughs) I'm a bit of a freak where, you know. It's funny when you said that and I didn't even blink because it's like, so normal. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Why wouldn't you? You're going to be there for a few hours. You're still going to be coherent. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. That's just the life that we it's live, just though, the right? Life. Yeah. I always laugh when the doctors are like, Do you want me to write your medical certificate to have a few weeks off? I'm like, I've got a really, <laughs> really challenging boss, though. She's not going to let me take any time off. So, as a horrible situation COVID has been, I've actually somewhat been able to listen to my body and actually Zooms have sort of taught me that maybe I don't need to go down to Melbourne all the time mm. and maybe we can do more Zooms. And I think society as a whole is realising that. I think everyone's that. discovered that, right? Yeah. Like needing to travel less. Yep. So, you know, I had a meeting with the Coles buyer about a new product and it was just done virtually. Yes, <sighs> there were some technical issues with, you know, connections and things like that. And yeah, obviously but it's you still want, like yeah. the time and the also the, just what it does to your body having to fly constantly. Oh, yeah. Have there been decisions that you've taken in your personal life because of your business and decisions you've taken in your business because of your personal life? In terms of like an ingredient point of view, I've now been opened up to, you know, IVF being early pregnancy and the things that you need to take and the things that you need to avoid. So I've sort of shifted development of certain products to make it more inclusive. That's one element. But I think talking about it on my social media has been really crucial. And from a business point of view, I've aligned myself with charities that are all about early pregnancy loss and fertility struggles. Mm. That's a rewarding part to be able to give back in a, you know, small way. I often say this idea of leaning in, joke for any woman. but Non-existent for me, unfortunately. You know, and I often say sometimes you need to lean into your work, sometimes you need to lean into your health or your mental health or your family. But you've had to lean into both at the same time. Yeah. What does that look like? Uh, A lot of late nights, leaning on my therapist, a lot of teary moments. I'm so fortunate that I've had the chance to be able to 
push myself into my work because it's been a great distraction Mm. and I would be worried to see what my life would be if I didn't have this passion for my work because if I think about things for too long, I just go in a downward spiral. So I think that it's all worked out in the end. It all will work out in the end. Business is stressful. Life is stressful. The people that I meet, you know, are going through just as much stress. And if you didn't work for yourself, you wouldn't be in charge of your own hours, would you? That's it. Yep. If I need to sit on the lounge with a heat pack, popping an endone and doing semi-work. Maybe don't send emails when you're on endone. No, I've learned the hard way. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Five fast questions. You ready? Let's do it. The most useful apps or software for running your business? Zero. What's Zero? Zero is a an accounting platform, and I pretty much track it daily. It'll tell you how you're performing. You can have a look at your P and L sheet, which is your profit and loss. It's a really good tool to be able to make sure that you know your numbers. And I think with the crumbles, I was afraid to look at the numbers because I knew that something was wrong. Mm. Whereas with Beauty Bites and Habitual Beauty, I've set myself up. Morning routine. I love my mornings. I wake up normally before my partner, have a shower, go downstairs into my office, put on my diffuser with the oils, have a big glass of water, and then I take my dogs for a walk and go What do you wear when you're working at home? Oh. You've got a home day. Gym gear? Love leggings. Yeah? (laughs) I love leggings. You're an active wear girl. Yeah. Yeah. I Just something comfy. Biggest mistake you made and what you learned from it? Not having faith in my own capabilities and thinking that other people can help me more than I can help myself and just not Mm. knowing my numbers. Part of your business that you hate the most? Invoicing. I don't Even though you insist on still doing it. Yeah, I don't hate it. It's just time consuming. Mm. It takes ages. And just finally, part of your business that you love the most? This is going to sound completely cheesy, but seeing the joy that people, when they write in, going, thank you for creating such a good product. It's really nice to see that what I've done is actually benefiting people's lives because they're low sugar and they taste delicious and yeah. Well, I would love to say Kira's story was unusual, but it's actually not. Women who are running businesses are also running lives and we have so much going on. And that's the theme of takeaway time from this episode. At the end of every episode, I always tell you my biggest aha moment, the biggest nugget of wisdom that I took from the conversation. And with Kira, it's about work-life balance. I hate the phrase work-life balance because It makes women feel, I think, whether you've got a business or not, it makes you feel like you're failing because it's kind of like the thigh gap for your whole life. Like not many women have a thigh gap. Most of us don't. And that doesn't mean we're failing at how to have thighs. And so it is with work-life balance. And I think that being a lady startup and running your own business and just being a woman, quite frankly, means that you will probably feel out of balance most days of the year, most days of your life. And that doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. It just means that you're living in the world. The hardest part about running your own business is that there is no annual leave. There is no sick leave. There is no mat leave. You really heard when Kira said, you know, she was experiencing a miscarriage and she had to go into a bloody pitch meeting at Sephora. 
then she's had to have surgeries and she's had to have heartbreaks and your business doesn't stop. It's not like you can get that medical certificate that her doctor so kindly offered to give to her. I know that that's something that I really found hard to get my head around when I worked for someone else. The thought, because my husband always worked for himself, and I always loved the fact that, you know, no matter what was going on at, at work, and I loved my job, I could also take four months mat leave. When I had my third child, I'd already started Mamma Mia!, And I managed to preload a whole lot of posts so that I could have like two weeks without posting. But I just kept working. And, you know, if you'd have told me that before I started my own business, I would have said, oh, that sucks. It was much better being able to have four months off. But the thing with, and this is the good part, the good news, is that when you do have your own business, you get to choose. You don't have to ask permission. You don't have to negotiate your mat leave or your sick leave or your annual leave. You get to take the time when it suits you and in the way that it suits you. So even though Kira couldn't call in sick when she was, you know, had to go to that pitch meeting and she was having a miscarriage, she also talked about how she can work from lying on the couch because she can't get up or she can work late at night when she's awake and she can take a day off on a Wednesday and catch that up on a Saturday afternoon. And the freedom of that is what makes so many women really decide that they need to change and that they need to have control over their own hours. So that's really important. But I just want you to think about this idea of leaning in and you don't just have to lean into one thing. Sometimes you have to lean into lots of things at once. And the only thing harder than going through a work crisis or a health crisis or a mental health crisis or a crisis in your family that requires you to lean really hard in a particular direction, the only thing harder is when you are saying to yourself, oh, no, I don't have work-life balance. I think that you just have to stop thinking about it like that way and you have to just think about leaning in lots of different directions. Sometimes we're leaning in them all at once and it's okay and we try not to fall over while we're leaning in all these different directions but sometimes we fall over and that's okay too. Okay, now we have just closed the doors to my flagship program, the Lady Startup Activation Plan. It's taught by me and it takes you from idea through to launching a business like Kira's or it might be a service business, any type of business really. It shows you how to do that in just six weeks. We have never had as many people sign up as we did this time. Like twice as many women signed up this time as every other time we've done it before. And we have been absolutely blown away. We actually had to close the doors. And I'm so sorry if you were one of the women that missed out because we did have to turn women away because we want to be able to give attention to the students who are in the Facebook group and who are doing the course. So if you missed out or if you were on the fence and you didn't sign up this time, that is okay. We are going to run it again in the future. I'm not sure when though. So to make sure you don't miss out next time, because it's not a course that you can just do at any time. We only open it. We open enrollments for like a week at a time, just a couple of times throughout the year. So pop yourself on the wait list. That's the best way, because then you can be sure you won't miss out. Just head to ladystartup.com. Or you can find the link in the show notes and you can register your interest. Now, just finally, we are thinking of all our sisters in Melbourne and in Victoria who are doing it tough at the moment. If you can possibly 
support a lady startup in Melbourne or Victoria. So many of them have had to close their doors. So many of them have had to pivot and change the way they work and they're doing it really, really tough. So if you can support any lady startups in Melbourne, please do come and have a look on the the Lady Startups Facebook page. I'll also be popping lots of lady startup plugs in my stories on my page as well. Remember that the Lady Startup Movement is all about women supporting other women. Put a rocket up your business dreams and help a sister. Lots of love and I'll see you next week.